Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Attacking Scrum podcast. This is take two, would you believe? Because after last week's uh, sound debacle, where I uh, managed to make it sound like we were recording from a giant packet of skips, uh, a full investigation has taken place and uh, it was indeed entirely my fault. So apologies to Dan for for casting aspersions there. Uh, Lots of measures have gone in to try and make sure that doesn't happen this week. And uh, Murph and Dan are here with me once again to talk about rugby. How are we, boys? How are you, Dan? I'm good, Jed. You are forgiven. Just. <laughs> it's a good job you are the, you are the forgiving kind, actually. So, uh, yeah, I, I do appreciate that. And how are you, Murph? Good, thanks. Yeah. I'm um, looking forward to more shenanigans now with the sound. It's already gone well. <laughs> I, I know. We've already had, we've already had one, uh, one false start. I, I thought it'd be a good idea to use this. So I'm recording my audio on an app that you have to press a button to, to record your voice. So it should drown out any unnecessary background noise. Problem is I've got to remember to do that the whole time. So I can guarantee there'll be a chunk where I just I completely forget. But And also, don't you have to edit it in later? It should hopefully be all right. But anyway, we'll see. I've got the backup audio of this. Yeah. In, in theory. <laughs> okay, Giles Martin, let's go. George Martin. Giles. Is his, um, no, Giles is who, who, who oh. redoes all the, who redoes all the um, you know, the 50 anniversary releases. Which is amazing, by the way. I didn't realise that. Yeah. I had him on my mind because I was listening to him on a podcast recently. And um, he, he said, on the, I don't know why I'm bringing this up, but on the back of... Uh, 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 remastering all the Beatles uh, LPs, they asked him to do um, one of the <laughs> one of the Rolling Stones albums, 
And when he got the the drum track for, I think it was Goat's Head Soup, maybe one of those, there was nothing on it. And then <laughs> when he looked at it after, he realized it was recorded in Jamaica. So it was just, it was just all to cock everything. Like the drum track was empty. And then, the, you know, the drums were on with the guitars all on the same tape, stuff like that. So, you know, we, we've got, they got nothing on us. We definitely need a side podcast, don't we, where we talk about, where we talk about music and cycling. But actually, no, this is the cycling podcast, isn't it? We need a side one where we talk about music and rugby. Yeah. But I was, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm so disappointed. I was hoping that you'd got, that you'd got a name wrong in the first two minutes and it was the bloody Beatles producer. Yeah, well, you know, they kind of both are they're both the same person. I one did it the first time round, and now his son's doing the remastering jobs where they can split up all the stuff because they only had four tracks, obviously, back in the day. Dan, any, anything further to add on this point? Or should we, get, <laughs> <laughs> should we dive you, into a bit of rugby? What do oh, you we... think of Let It Be? <laughs> <laughs> Let It Be. Uh, yeah, I'm gone. Gone well again. You're a big music fan yourself, though, Dan. So yeah, you know who knows. Maybe at some point we'll just can we'll can the charade of talking about rugby at all. But we probably should have a little stab at talking about <laughs> rugby. Uh, where do you want to start, fellas? We've got some questions about the Lions. We have got some Wales internationals in the diary to look forward to, and we've also, of course, got the the never-ending Welsh derbies which like every week, it just seems to be like this season's going to go on forever. It's like something out of Mad Max. It's like week 58, the 300th game of the season for the, or the 300th Welsh derby of the seasons. Where, where do you want to start, Dan? You, you choose. We've, been, we've, been, we, we've started by talking about music. You choose where we want to go next. Should we hit the derbies first and sort of I, get them out of the way? I was just going to say that they were actually quite good. They weren't terrible, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's better. I, I nobody cares and probably no one was watching. The actual games themselves weren't weren't awful, whereas generally speaking, derbies they kind of uh, cancel each other out or whatever, and they end up low scoring kind of tight games. But they've actually been—I know it's May, late May, even on hard pitches—but they've actually been entertaining games. So they are actually we're talking about really. Maybe because there's been so many of them that now it's now they're starting to to get to get all right, you know, get watched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think as well though, it's like the t- the teams have been mixed and matched the whole time, so. This weekend was perhaps the best two fixtures in terms of fairly even match sides. And yeah, they, I thought both games were good, actually. Let's start with, should we start in chronological order? So we'll talk about Scarlet's Cardiff Blues. It was good just to see a game go down to the wire, actually, even though Cardiff made hard work of it. What's, what was your assessment, Dan? Yeah, it was an enjoy, enjoyable game, wasn't it? I thought, um, you know, some good, good running rugby on display. Some good performances pretty much from... From players on both, you know, on both sides. Obviously, Cardiff Blues started well, didn't they? And um, you know, built quite a built quite a nice lead. I thought the that um, Jared was putting the strings quite nicely. To be fair to him, lovely, lovely passing, wasn't he? Putting putting players into holes. And uh, Ben Thomas, I, I, I like the look of him as well. He's um, seems to have filled out, doesn't he? Certainly in the in the leg department. I think Tom Shanklin mentioned this, didn't he, in commentary that it's great having you know a a ten playing twelve because it does give you a footballing option, but you've got to do the physical work as well. And I think it was it was quite a, it was quite a good balance for me. I'm I'm a big fan of of the way the way he's heading. I'm going to take a slight diversion here because me and Murph were talking about this off air, but Nyon had another blinding game for for the Dragons and. There are some seriously good, yeah, some seriously good footballing options here at, 
at centre for Wales. Yeah, he, he picked up man of the match, even though the Dragons lost. And it looked, he looked so composed. It was just a great option of knowing when to run, knowing when to pass, knowing when to kick. It was real good, solid footballing performance. So there are there are some very, very good options, which I'm, I'm sure we'll will come on to throughout the show. What who else who else stood out for you? I thought of you as I was watching the game, Dan, because I know it's your favourite thing to look and say who who stood out for you. Who were the other players who uh, caught your eye? Yeah, I thought I thought Corey Hill hit some some fantastic lines as he as he always does. Um and I I actually thought of you when he when I saw him because he it's difficult to see him in a in a bit of blue shirt, isn't he? You just think, hang on, it's, it's the dragons, but then uh no, no, it isn't. Um, I've said it before, Dan, and it's made even worse this week by the the announcement of the worst kept secret that Matthew Screech is going to be joining him there. That it is like watching, it's like watching your girlfriend go back to her ex, and then with Matthew Screech doing the same, it's like you've dated his, it's like you've dated her sister, and she's done the same thing. <laughs> yeah, is that why you don't watch? The, is that why you don't watch Cardiff anymore? <laughs> no, I did. I watched both games. I watched both games. I just watched them, you know weeping <laughs> <laughs> no okay um but yeah yeah i thought um i thought that um yeah dane well dane blacker obviously when he you know when he came on he's been he's been impressive actually i think um for you know for uh, over the last few weeks really he to to, to use my uh <laughs> to use my phrase of him up in the tempo he really does doesn't he and he's got a canny knack of getting on the end of uh Getting, the, getting on the end of a pass and and, and going over, and um, he looks yeah he looks looks a good uh, you know good option him. Um, it's, it was pleasing to see the the scarlet sort of keep you know keep going, um, but I think from the, from the Blues perspective, you know, Dai Young mentioned it didn't he that those are the sorts of games that you know not so long ago they'd be losing yeah they they they. Quite often, build a bit, build a bit of a lead, look impressive, and then just lose the games in the last. See the London Irish game. That's yeah. the, the, the the prime example. And I thought they were going to do it again. The the moment when I can only think that Lloyd Williams might have slightly overrun, and that's why Jared Evans didn't give it to him because that should have been that should have been game set and match. There it was a brilliant break by by Jared, and they're just those opportunities you've got to finish. But fair play to them, they. They went behind, won a penalty, and he slotted a and he slotted a good kick to do it. What's uh, what's your take on this one, Murphy? You've been sat there waiting patiently. You know me; I, I don't like to interrupt. Uh, the um, I, I still can't work out if the, the early the, the early part of the game, first half, basically, I can't work out if that was Cardiff playing really well, or the Scarlets continuing their poor form. Um, and then second half, it just seemed like, obviously, Connecticut pulled themselves together, but. It just seemed like Cardiff got really sloppy. Hallam was slicing kicks into touch on the fall and different things with, you know, like the old uh, double negatives they talk about a lot in comment in punditry and what have you. And um, yeah, in the end, they were probably lucky to hold on because they were behind. And if it hadn't been for that penalty later on, you know, they would have thrown away, uh, what were they, 26 9 up, mm-hmm. 17 points up. So um, yeah, I, 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 a game, uh, uh, entertaining game, but a game I found difficult to like. To read because of the way the first half went, it looked like Cardiff should have gone and scored 30, 40 points. But um, these are hard to read because the I mean, I know you know the physicality is out there, but the intensity in terms of you know the real squeaky bum time when you get into a game, 
you know, because again, the, with the London Irish game, we know that was a that was a European, albeit a Challenge Cup game. That was a, a knockout rugby game, and they they didn't get over the line in that occasion. Whereas this game, had they gone on to lose it, yes, it had been frustrating, and they'd have probably had a hard week training. But ultimately, it's a it's a pre it's a glorified pre season friendly, isn't it? So that's why I find these games quite hard to judge. Are you the same? Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I didn't think I didn't think of it in that light, but um, there was some. I mean, there was. That aside, there were still some good pieces of play. Um, I thought, you know, the, the start in opposing nines was top quality in uh, Thomas and, um, uh, oh God, I'm going to forget the name, uh, Kieran yeah. Hardy, uh, you know, and then obviously quality coming off the bench as well. So um, everything on the pitch I thought was quite good. I, Jonathan Davis is starting to look better. He's playing 13 today, although, you know, he's not fully back to himself, I don't think, but. Uh, he's starting to look more commanding, as you'd expect from someone like him. And um, amazing to see um, Shingler, um, Aaron Shingler, string some matches together and, and, and going switching matches like you did earlier. Amazing to see Ollie Griffiths on the pitch, just a matter of how long he's on the pitch. So um, I, I like a, a, a whole back row, actually, for uh, the Dragons yesterday. There's um, a real balance to it with... Um, Wainwright on the blind side, Ollie Griffiths open side, and then uh, Dan Baker at uh, eight. So it was lots, lots to get. I thought there was lots to get you sink your teeth into this weekend. From there was uh, the player who stood out for me in that first forty for Cardiff was was Thomas Williams. I thought obviously you know he had a kick charge down in the the first the first minute of the game, but other than that, I thought again to steal Dan's phrase, adding the tempo, it was just. Zip, 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 ball away from the ruck really easy, looking up, spotting when the, the gaps were there in front of him, but good service too. There was, there was lots to like from him, I think. And again, I get the feeling if there is an injury to a nine on the, on the Lions tour, he'll be the man who gets the nod. Yeah, well, yeah. And, and you know, they're still beating the drum of Danny Kerr, but he wouldn't even be my first choice English replacement. I'd have Dan Robson. So, you know, there was a, some clips of him because of the amount of attention that's been on him, some clips of him on BT Sport where he'd been put through a gap where I think any of the lines in the run of the Lions would have finished it, but he had to put the brakes on and look for the winger because he didn't have the didn't have the pace to finish it off. So, could be the other the other Welsh nine on the park might. Uh, yeah, they, I they could get a call. Look again, you know, I, I, he's another one where I, th- I just think people outside of this country know nothing about him. Though. Yeah, they I, don't I, know I, much about Thomas. I mean, they've seen him at the World Cup as backup, yeah. Gareth Davis, but Kieran has had two Six Nations games, should we say, something like that? So yeah, it would be, it would, be, you know, even if it was the right call, or if it, even if he was, you know, genuinely the best option, it would be a tough, uh, uh. Tough job to explain it to the other four, the other the other three nations. He doesn't he doesn't care though, Gats, does he? He literally doesn't no. care. He, he you know he'll he'll take it on the chin. Once you've left out O'Driscoll for that test, nothing will nothing will top <laughs> that 2013 decision. You know, nothing's yeah. ever going to be as hard to do or as hard to explain to a to a bunch of journalists who seemingly didn't want to didn't want to remain neutral on it. So it was I think once you definitely didn't want to remain neutral. Well, yeah, not not all of them, of course, but there was large chunks. And to actually to say journalists, it was more pundits and you pundits, know, people like, people like Keith. Ex-players. 
Keith Wood's still banging on about it, I think. I think that's why they've had to drop in from the BBC because he won't shut up about it. But um, yeah. I, I probably have uh, John Cooney in my list as well as onside Thomas. That's, yeah, I think that's a good shout. Uh, it's so open though, isn't it? This one replacement yeah. nine. Well, Dan, I'm glad you I'm glad you asked us about uh, replacements. This is, uh, or in fact, <laughs> I'm not even sure you did, but uh, we did have a question. You brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> No, I was trying to get, I was trying to give a bit of credit, but we had this question in from Will, which says, "Here's a question: In each position, who would be called up for the Lions in the event of injuries?" So we're going to tackle this now. And seeing as you're being cheeky, Murph, you can start with uh, Lucid Prop. Well, Alice Genge, there's nothing, there's nothing to think about really. Uh, I mean, he was in our original selection, wasn't he? So was he? No, no, he wasn't. We went Key and Healy, but I think. You were close. We were close with Genge. Right? Yeah, we could. Yeah, we just went for experience in the end, didn't we? I mean, but yeah, um, I, I haven't seen since we since we picked our our squad, and then since the, the official squad was picked, I haven't seen Keen Healy, Healy on a on a pitch. Not that he probably has played; it's just been in those uh, Rainbow Cup matches. So, but I have seen lots of Ellis Gen. So, and, and that's that in a nutshell is how people pick their squads is who they see week by week. So, um, yeah, right, go Ellis, just because. If we're going to be playing open rugby, he's the guy for me. I think that's a, I think that's a fair shout. What about Hooker then, Dan? Who's your, who's your choice here? Yeah, Hooker's, Hooker's a difficult one, isn't it? Really? Um, I, can see, I can see the cogs turning in your yeah, head. Yeah, it is. Think a of a Turner. Let's <laughs> turn in there. Yeah, I like, I like Turner. Um, let's have a think. What would the options be then? So Turner, well, the Helen- got. Helling has been good form since, since the Six Nations. He didn't play that well in the Six Nations, but he's been good for his club since. And then it's whoever's fit up in Scotland because they've got loads of hookers who are. Yeah, they've got three, haven't they? They do, unless you look at. I think at the Irish. At the Irish options, I think Kelleher's the more. You know, is the one who's potentially got a bit more X factor when he's uh, you know when he's when he's fit and fully firing. But yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't have a problem with Turner. I like. I, I thought he, he equipped himself really well in the Six Nations. Yeah, I quite, uh, quite, quite liked him. Quite liked so the look of him. This proves the point, though, because I've got no idea whether he's fit or not because I haven't seen Edinburgh no. or Glasgow play. So, uh, you know, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen either of those games. But uh, you know, I know Glasgow won this weekend. Yeah. They did. Yeah, I, I briefly saw that on the at the end of the at the end of the Dragons game. All right, tight head prop. <laughs> this probably shouldn't be too difficult. I think it's safe to say Carl Sinclair would get the nod there, right? Tom Francis, surely. <laughs> um, can you imagine sorry Jed's lost it on on there you gone you no look, I, look, I, I'm I'm a big fan of Tom France I think he's he's vastly improved I just think you know I don't know yeah. I, I still think I still think Singler was unlucky and I, I still think he'll end up out there at some point to be honest yeah I think he'll he's he's gonna he's gonna go out there isn't he alright really not, I mean someone has I mean there's always loads of injuries but it has to be it has to be a tight head He's not going to go covering uh, anywhere else other than that position. So, um, yeah, I mean, normally uh, there is an average n- number of injuries they have per tour, but this is a this is a shorter tour than normal. It's only eight games, so yeah, that's, might be less that's injuries. And, it's know, true, and, but I, I also wonder whether front row might, might be, be okay. There might be some uh, because of the trying conditions. Again, you wonder whether they're you know like we've seen with the cricket players you know players flying home and coming back from 
and coming back from the uh, you know coming back from the whatever it was the IPL or the Big Bash League and stuff like that. So I don't know. It's a, it's a very very different it's a very very different setup. So I think I don't know. But I'd, I'd love to know what that injury uh, that injury statistic is. What about locks then? Any locks who stand out for you, Dan? I think that um, Adam Beard is. I, I I thought there was an outside chance he might have got he might have got selected. Um, so the little thing. Obviously, you got the you got uh, James Ryan. Haven't you? I think I would think be, Ryan would probably be the obvious one, wouldn't he? Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. we'd we'd be taking we'd be taking Johnny Gray because otherwise, Murphy. Gray. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Gray. There's some great. There's some good second rows. I, I was. I was getting ready to. If neither of you mentioned Johnny Gray, I was getting ready to storm off and like a teenage tough. <laughs> I was. I was hoping you'd be. You'd be jumping in the car and bombing it down the M4 to give, pod, <laughs> give one of us a battering, but still, do, but still doing the pod while doing it. <laughs> I, I think realistically, you probably only need to. You know, if there were an injury in the second row, because there's so many in the squad. You know, I, I think realistically, even if you had two second rows get injured, you'd probably only call one up because there's so there's so many of them in there. But yeah, and the way the trend has gone in the selection of second rows for this squad, uh, it, it to me suggests they'd be more likely to go with James Ryan because they've gone they've gone for line out a lot of line out specialists uh, second rows, so that would that would push James Ryan further up further up the pecking order than Johnny. Um, Johnny Gray, even though that's obviously completely wrong. Fair enough. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think Ryan's probably for his first first there, isn't he? Because he's out and out, line out, and then the others are probably slightly better in the open field, aren't they? All right. What about in the in the back row then? If we get, uh, are we doing this as three back rowers, or should we should probably just pick? I, I reckon let's do a flanker and a and a number eight option. Let's start with with a flanker. If there's an injury to us to an out and out six or seven, who who goes? Well, look, Josh's shoulder is much worse than we've been led to believe by his agent or whoever whoever announced that he was going to be fit for the tour. Murph's got a, Murph's got a source on this, so it's uh, it's on good authority. Yeah, he, apparently when when the tour was announced, he, his shoulder was at a stage where he couldn't even do a press up with it. So that that I mean, mine's been like that for fifteen years, but <laughs> <laughs> but, but um, you know. I'd like to think he'd have been selected otherwise, but maybe he wouldn't have. Um, and the fact that he's got a lot of a lot of conditioning to make up in a short space of time probably means he's not even on the first reserve list. I wouldn't imagine, unless you know, unless you you know, some injuries do come like that, do come back quick. But especially when you're strong as that, strong as Dr. Uh, Reedy, he surely would have got um, picked. Surely Murphy would. He was on the plane otherwise. Surely. I hope so. I mean, I hope so. I mean, uh, I, I, don't, I wouldn't put Jack Conan in the same bracket as him myself. The, the thing is, if the squad was being selected by anyone else, you know, if it was being selected by Clive Woodward, right, you'd, you'd, say, you'd say, right, well, maybe just, you know, Josh Navidi yes. isn't rated, but we know how much Gatland rates him. He's mm. made, you know, he has made, a, ever since he got that first opportunity in a, in a Wales jersey, he's not, whenever he's been fit, He's been selected. Really, he's been in either at six or seven, or even at eight. So I don't think that there's any. I don't think there's any doubt that if he was properly fit, he'd be in that squad. So you know, no. but I think that probably rules him out because I've been saying for a long time I think he'll get out there. But 
when you told me that, I've, I've changed my mind on it, really. It, 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 say if it was the second half of the tour, then he's had an extra four weeks, and maybe they'd look at him then. But then how many minutes on the pitch will he have had before they chuck him on the plane? So it's really tricky. And, and in fact, the, mo the more we rule out uh, Josh Navidi, that I'm more hard pushed to think who would actually go. <laughs> what about Underhill? I, I, yeah, I was going to say Underhill. Of course, yeah. Well, I mean, there's loads, there's loads knocking around, but I don't know which one would actually be uh, uh, first choice, you know? Because, um, you know, the, uh, Jack Conan came, you know, we, we mentioned Caelan Doris more than we mentioned Jack Conan. Um, and then there's um, Richie up in Scotland. Uh, you know, there's lots of tidy back rows knocking around in the Gallica Premiership. So, yeah, I, I, I honestly couldn't confidently say who I think they would go for. It, it kind of depends on who does get injured, doesn't it? Like what type of back rower gets injured, really? Yeah. Um, as, as, to who, as to who steps in. Because they, they, they're each... You know, Richie's different, isn't he, to Underhill? Um, he is, but they're both combative six slash sevens, aren't they, I, I would say. So, for me, it'd be either, either one of those. And I'd have no problem with either. You know, if it, I, I think, yeah, I'd be fine with both of them. You can get Underhill back to close to his best form. He is a real, he would be a massive asset out there. It's just he's been injured and he's struggled to get to that position. And with Richie, again, I think it's, I think it's difficult because he is excellent for Scotland. He's really niggly. I think he'd love playing in South Africa. So he's he's got a good he's got a good shot. Is Richie at his best? Better than Underhill at his best? I don't think he is, but I, I wouldn't have a problem with either out there. Mm. Yeah, uh, agreed. In light of how many shocks there were in the um, squad, the original squad that was selected, you, you could like make an argument for some of the um, out of favour Welsh players like uh, Aaron Wainwright, Ross Moriarty, um, the Josh van der Fleers types. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a, it's a really open one, I think that is. What about at number eight? Any thoughts there, fellas? Let's start with you, Dan. Well, I think Billy, you know, <laughs> Billy Vinopoulos got to be. Uh... I don't. I don't think there's any chance of him going, even if there's an injury to Toby. I think. I. Really? I, I think there's more to this. Yeah, because going back, I can't remember who, who, which other podcast it was that mentioned it, but. After right. the after the 2017 tour, he came out and said that if Eddie Jones if Eddie Jones was coaching that side, they'd have won three nil. And of course, I, yeah. I can't help but think, you know, because I'd completely forgotten that. I can't help oh, but yeah. think yeah. that's not gonna that's not gonna hold him in good sway. And if you've not picked him on form now, if he scores five tries against Amptill, is that really going to be enough to mm. to to get him the nod, even even with an injury? I, I'd I'd suggest no. So who who is it then? I'm just thinking of the options though, you know. It's um yeah, if he doesn't go, who goes who goes at eight then? Because we're not Moriarty. <laughs> I think it so, would be I think it would be a big, big step for Moriarty having not played not played international rugby. As much as he's playing very, very well for the Dragons, I I think he's I think he's probably off the radar at the moment. But then yeah, you know, what option what options do you do you realistically look at? I tell you, it would be a nice big additional slap in the face for Eddie. Go on. 
Uh, Don Brandt. <laughs> I imagine. And, and by the way, I would have him. You know, I wouldn't. I mean, I don't think it would happen, but I wouldn't complain if he ended up as a reserve. He's a quality, great seeing quality him on player, isn't he? On the, on the, the, you know, seeing him over there on the pitches would be, yeah, would be great, wouldn't it? He'd rapid. His size, that guy. So, yeah. Um, Otherwise, you're going up to uh, Scotland looking at their number eights. I think it's. I think that would be hugely unlikely. I can't remember the fellow's well, name. Ferguson. Uh, there is Ferguson, yeah. but there was another guy who played there against France in there, and I can't remember his yeah. name. That's oh, name. Um, yeah, he's great name. I remember who he is. <laughs> oh, he's yeah, got which, a good name on him as well. Oh. Which, which again leads you, you know, leads you then to Ireland, and you know, presumably, if Stander was in consideration, I, I just don't think he is in consideration. Like like we've said before, I think he has essentially retired from international rugby, including the Lions. But the Lions does strange things to people, doesn't it? You know, you have you have these these strange and random call out call ups of people coming out of retirement and things like that. And uh, probably less it might be with, it might be for him the length of it as well. Like if he, you know, obviously his family needed him around. If it if he gets a call up halfway they give him a call, will you come out it's halfway through, he might think, yeah, look, I can do I could do half. I couldn't do the full. So and again, they might already be over there. They might, yeah. I don't, I don't know whether it's yeah. settled in Ireland or or they're, they're back in South Africa. So you know, yeah. it, it, I mean, I personally, I think there's more chance of CJ Stander getting called up in an injury than there is Billy. Do you know, I completely forgotten about that. Um, I had those comments as well. I don't know how we how we forgot that between between everyone, but that's pretty interesting. Yeah, they that's something that you would not forget, would you? You, as, can't, uh, you can't have that kind of as a coach. Yeah, I mean, I think you'd you can't have that, that kind of negativity you? knocking around the camp, wouldn't you? And yeah, it's I don't know. I, I think Gatland, obviously, even in the even in a normal tour, which is incredibly demanding, I think he puts a, a large emphasis on character. And I don't think that I, I'm not saying that Billy has a bad character or anything like that. But I think if you've got previous with criticizing a coach straight straight away afterwards, I, that's going to be difficult for Gatland to get over. I'd say. You get the impression as well with Gatlin, that's, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's more apparent with him than other coaches. It's probably exactly the same, to be honest, as it would do with if any of us were coaching. If someone came out with something that you really, really dislike, you get a, the markers down, isn't it? But you see, you've heard of things like that before with Gatlin, haven't you? If you go against him, that, that is it, is curtains forever. <laughs> so it is. Right, well, let's go and have a look at the backs and we're going to do that and, and see who would be uh, the players who we'd call up in the event of any injuries. But we're going to do that after this very, very, very quick break. Fridge, fridge run, boys? Or? We're on to Scrum Half, which is where this this whole debate started. Dan, have you found an answer in the uh, the intervening fifteen minutes? I have. Yeah, go on. For me, it's Kieran Hardy. Oof. Yeah, Man. it's a little out there. I yeah, I I think he's I think he's way down the list on Gatlin's radar. I think. Would you like to see it though? I'd I'd much prefer Thomas. Personally, 
I thought I, th- I don't know. I don't know if it's just that I. I I think Kieran Harley's really neat and tidy. His service is good. You know, kicking game's good, and he does he he does as you say up the tempo. But I just think Thomas has got that bit of X factor that. You know, he's a real he's a real live wire. You know, when when he first burst on the scene, I said it before. He's one of those old fashioned scrum halves that, like, if the ball pops out loose at the back of a scrum, he's excited by it because it means actually all the there's a defense there's an opportunity with a defense in front of them that's a bit more broken than it was before and I just love that attacking threat that he brings so it'd be for me I, I like Murph's suggestion of, of Cooney as well it'd be between those two for me yeah I don't think it will be Kieran Hardy but I just think I do think there's so much more to come from him if he can get if he can get some games obviously his, his, his injury is, is is was not great but I um yeah I'm really looking forward to seeing him anyway develop over the next year basically this is going to be too soon and I think you know Thomas will be ahead of him but um, yeah he, I'd like to see it Murph what, what are your thoughts well realistically he didn't play much under Gatlin did he so I think I think no. he was like a peripheral squad type of figure until... I, don't, I, don't even, I don't even know that he I don't even know that he made a squad did he under Gatland? no he wasn't in the World Cup squad so you're right oh. but um, he, it, you know the best game I've seen him play was England in the Six Nations, so yeah, I'd agree on that. That's good form, you know. If you if you're going yeah. out, but um, uh, it's it's an interesting one because we 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 generally think it's either Thomas or or or, or Kieran, but again, outside of our little South Wales bubble, um, they're all <laughs> they're all screaming for Danny Kerr, obviously, which is <laughs> just complete bullshit, but. Um, he got he got there a letter. Are, there he? are players around, you know. The Dan Dan Robson had a great game last week, and John Cooney, and and obviously some there'll be some people out there screaming for Jameson Gibson Park. So uh, it'd be interesting if anything did go wrong. There definitely will be injuries. It's just you don't necessarily know which position they'll be in. So it's a that is an intriguing one, I think. Well, what's arguably as intriguing is ten. What happens if there's an injury to uh, to Bigger or Russell Dan? Oh God, I don't know. <laughs> Throw me that one. Gareth, Gareth Anscombe started kicking again this week, so that's a that's a plus. Did you see that video? I, I did, did. Yeah, I did. And it's yeah, obviously it's it's good news. Beautiful for, for the yeah. Wales, yeah. Really, really nice to see. Uh, I, I, not something I was aware of. You, I mean, I I know there's a lot of things you can't do if your knee is shot a bit, but kicking is not something that many people would think of. So this is you know first time in two and a half years, is it? Is that what we're saying? Or no, two years. It's two years? Yeah, it was a long time. Yeah. It was August, August 2019. So yeah, nearly yes. two years. Yeah. I felt a bit nervous just watching him strike the ball. <laughs> like it's it's horrible. But um, yeah, so on 10, I think we've got to be looking in England for this. And Oof. yeah, there's a good there's a good few there, isn't there? There's a good few tens, well, there's, one in, there's one in particular that we're all thinking of. <laughs> Surname Smith, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 100%. It's Smith. Smith, if there's yeah. an injury, I, 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 the only... I just don't know, again, if if Sexton was not picked and then Bigger got injured and Gats wanted to call someone up and he wanted like a steady Eddie 10... That's I, it. He'd, he'd, That's he'd probably move Farrell there. He's not going to take sections yeah. to it. I just can't it's, see it happening. So I think he takes another. I think he takes another ball playing ten. It depends on who. Yeah, who gets injured, doesn't it? If 
if um Ben Russell goes injured, yeah. then you probably yeah. would go Marcus Smith because that's, 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 that's a gimme, isn't it? I think. Yeah, I would say and, so. And also, more importantly, it's another lovely slap in the face for Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> that a bed. Luckily, wouldn't pick. They are clocking. They are clocking up, aren't they? Imagine that. It's like with the with with all even Danny Care. Even Danny Care is a player he wouldn't pick. He dropped in three seasons ago. Yeah, so, let's make a change. Then let's put him in at nine. <laughs> I can't. I can't see Gatlin taking a thirty-four-year-old scrum half, though. No matter how much BT Sport are campaigning for it, and and uh, and the Five Live podcast as well. Oh, I don't. I, don't, I, don't. Well, no, I, I, haven't, I haven't listened to it since, but that one episode was. Uh, yeah, it was relentless tub thumping for uh, for anyone who had a vague affiliation to Harlequins. <laughs> Gaffs would take Mike, uh, Mike Phillips, surely, over Danny Kerr. <laughs> He'd still do a job. <laughs> he would, right. I think I think I think it's Marcus Smith. Let's uh, let's have a look at uh, some centre options. This is this is quite interesting. What if there's an injury in the centre, Murph? God knows. Don't know. Yeah, clue. That's it. I imagine Gat's response would be the same as well. He's like, I don't know. Nio win. I'm going there. You are <laughs> proper bolter. Proper bolter. Oh, geez, oh, that would be a bolter. Second, seconded, of course, because he's <laughs> he, he's very much making. I mean, up. Aside from that, great first name. So exactly, got everything, got everything in his favour. Dan, come on, mate. You must have, you must have a few thoughts. You you've never paid any attention to forward play. You're always looking at the backs. Who's who's the who are the centre options that you think are, are realistic and who might get the nod if there's injury there. Yeah, so Slade is um is is gotta be there or thereabouts, isn't he? Um if we head over to Ireland then. Yeah, Ring Rose. Ring Rose. Ring Rose, yeah, yeah miss you know, he, he he had to be close, didn't he? I think we've mentioned it a couple of times, but North being injured through through this through the centre selection right up in the air, didn't it? Um but it buys more time for Tuolagi if he's keen. Yeah. Could, could, you know, depending could, on how, how deep into the tour the injury occurs and what have you. So, could yeah, could you allow Jonathan? You know, could could Jonathan? Mm. Could Jonathan get a call? Um, getting a bit more game time, isn't he? Yeah. Probably unlikely, but you know, there. Um, so what have we got there? We got yeah, Ring Rose, Slade, Slade, or possibly Tuolangi. Possibly Tuolangi, Jonathan. Anyone else that we're Cameron Redpath. Yeah, yeah I like I like him, you know. Game depends I'm not on which sure. Yeah, I'm centre a little way. Uh, yeah, and also as well, I think looking at the centres that he's picked, obviously that you know, the one that really stands out is Bundyaki in terms of the the fact that he's gonna want some physicality there. So yeah, you'd think that I don't know, if, if there was enough time for Tulangi to get those minutes under his belt, then he would he would have a half decent shot, and again, it's not something that South Africa would want to see. Even if he didn't get close to the test sides, South Africa would would not be particularly happy if he if he gets called up and and ends up out there. So it's it's an interesting one. I I think it's probably more like, but again, like you say, Dan, if Elliot Daly gets injured, I know he's you know we've said that he's being considered as a centre for this. You're much more likely to see Slade go. So yeah, it's yeah. it's it's tricky. Having said all that, it'll probably be Ringrose. <laughs> yeah. Right, back. <laughs> uh, back three. Uh, well, Johnny May was, you know, considered unlucky, but I didn't think he was unlucky at all. So, um, depends. Uh, uh, this, you know, the cover for fullback with various players across the squad. So it would only be wing, maybe they would replace. 
and who was the one who missed out? Johnny May, I suppose, and then uh, Jacob Stockdale. Who plays There's on no the week one... for Harlequins? <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> Joe Marchant of late, the centre. I quite, I quite like Joe Martin. Actually. He's a good player. He's, a good player, he's, a, well, he's yeah. another one who should be in in contention or somewhere near, mm-hmm. not necessarily <laughs> in, but somewhere near the English squad. Um, yeah, uh, they've got enough depth. And it's one of those, you know, sometimes it, when there's an injury quite far into the tour, they don't bother to replace them. Yeah. That could be a position where that happens. So there, there, there you have it. No replacement. <laughs> Dan, anyone think of 37 what do they need yeah. just stick Tipperick like, on the wing anyway Tipperick like, doesn't have them like we were <laughs> like we were saying before we came on air though South Africa have named a squad of what is it 47 48 for which will in, which will include the the A side but at the same time it's a it's a big beefy old training camp that's a, that's that they're a, on home turf that's the talk anyway and I mean that that means like half the Gallagher Premiership is going to be picked if they're taking 47 you know most of sales squad will be in um, you know, there's going to be a lot. That's a lot. That's a big squad. You imagine if Wales picked a 47 man squad, they'd be, they'd be down to the academy boys in some clubs. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, yeah, they would. It's uh, yeah. right, Dan. Anyone, anyone in the back three you, you fancy as a bit of a uh, cocker singer? Really, who's who's on? Wow. Why not? Sorry, who did you say then? His first name's Joe, isn't it? Keep going, Dan. Joe Cockersinger. All right. Yeah. Okay. Any good, Miff? I'm just plucking names out of thin air. (laughs) (laughs) If you're going to pluck names out, I mean, if you go um, uh, Rocket Aguni, there's loads. There's loads of wingers around, but you could you could have ten ones that were actually you know Six Nations form. It's not that many, is it? Let's give give another. Let's give another tour to Keith Earls. Do you know what I mean? Like he's he's got uh, he's got some serious longevity on him, and he's you know I think he's done he's done very well. I just don't think he's quick enough to play Test match yeah. for Lions, is he? Not down not down there. No, no. I would say he's got a great it's, try against the English this year. It was he's a great been, try. He's been he's been in international rugby with some big breaks in between for about fourteen years. There was a photo knocking around of Wales, and you know when they had a yellow kit, the horrible yellow kit. Yeah, it was about two thousand. 2008 or something wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and Dan Bigger was in that. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he Jeez. um he played against Canada. Was it Canada or someone in it? Yeah, he wasn't first choice at that stage, but he was in the Friday squad night game. 2008. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Alan Wynn was only first in the squad in 2007. So Dan Bigger's been in the yeah. squad for one year less. Obviously, nowhere near as many caps and not first choices often, but he's been in and around the squad for 13 years, which is mad. It is, yeah. Oh, I, I, do, I, I have just thought of someone who, um, uh, looking at that Irish contingent as well, I think if you go back 12 months, you'd have said Jacob Stockdale would have been out there. Um, I wonder whether that's a, that's a, a realistic a realistic choice for someone to get called up, maybe. I think Mer's probably right. It's not going to be anyone, is it? Because they've probably got enough cover there because Daly can do a job at... They, prob- they probably have. There, there is a load of English wingers, though, isn't there? That, that, could, that could go, Murph, you, you could probably rattle them all off, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, well, like, like I say, once they went up to thirty-seven, uh, and then it depends how how early in the tour. If, if it's, I mean, like we've already covered uh, in previous weeks, is normally you use a lose a couple of the squad before they even get on the plane, before they even set off. So if if anyone goes now, they will replace them. But if they three four games into the tour, 
maybe back three players, they won't bother. They have done that in the past. I think last last tour, someone got injured in one position and they replaced them with someone from a different position altogether. So um, I can't remember who that was now. It was probably too laggy and they brought down a, a, a winger instead or something. But um, the, there's so many possibilities. The, the interesting one with the back one, I suppose, if they if if um, if they're going with that trend of um, wingers that can also can also play 15 or have a knowledge of you know across the whole back three, then then you know Stockdale's probably uh, probably right up there, isn't he? Really? Yeah. Well, th- yeah. I mean, there probably are. There probably are plenty of options, but no, nothing that, that stands out massively. And we, no. we we haven't got to wait too long. I think you're right, Murph. So, you know, something will happen before before we get out there. There's still a lot of rugby to get played, including you know the business end of the the English Premiership season. So well, you know, Bigger got his face smacked about the first twenty minutes after he'd been picked. I think Falata was down injured, but didn't go off uh, on Friday night. So it's coming. It's going to happen to someone. Just you know. Just depends who it is. I know, yeah, it is. Well, anyway, let's uh, let's take a break from talking the Lions and let us have a chat now about the the Dragons game against uh, the Ospreys. So again, I, well, I don't know. I don't, don't know where to begin with this one. Another frustrating one because they played such good stuff, the Dragons, uh, but the Ospreys, you know, ended up getting out 40 point uh, forty point winners uh, in that one. Murph, what did you make of what did you make of what you saw in that game? Yeah, I've only seen the first half. You interrupted me. I was watching, and uh, I, had to, I had to. Sorry, sorry about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I had to come on here. So um, again, uh, when you look at the Dragon squad, it's it's just hard to imagine that they can't eventually improve. If you know what I mean, like like I mentioned the back row earlier. And, and and you've got Will Rowlands coming into that team. Mm. Jonah Holmes is playing really well. Scored two tries in the first half, I think. He he was uh, honestly like he's. I'm telling you, he's playing like Jonah Loman. He's running through players. <laughs> he, he he set up a try in the second half for for Rio Dyer as well, where he bust through, drew the defender in, and cat flap out the back. And it's just, I mean, he's a. He's an absolute joy to watch at the moment. Yeah, he does. You know, all joking aside, he does look like he's stronger than when he arrived. He looks like he's got some. Yeah, he's super powerful, isn't he? Yeah. I, you know, the, the games I'd seen him play for Wales and the the games I'd seen him play for Leicester, I, you know, I thought, oh, this guy's he's quick, he's good under the high ball, he's a he's a solid finisher, good, neat, and tidy. But this ability to break tackles was not something I'd associated with him, and he just seems to do it virtually every time. Every time he gets it, and it's it's giving them such a good outlet at the moment. So, yeah, he's yeah he's been magnificent for. And like I say earlier, fingers crossed, Ollie Griffiths is just going to finish the rest of twenty twenty one without an injury. That'd be nice. Yeah, it mm. would be. I tell you what, on a similar a similar theme, Ellis Jenkins is not going to feature for the rest of the season because mm. of a uh, because of another injury luckily it's on a, it's on the it's on the other leg this time which again my heart my heart sank when i read that but i think you know you you bound to be extra precautionary with him aren't you and um but yeah to go, go back to Ollie Griffiths he did get through he did get through the the game today obviously just the way he puts himself about though you honestly it's like a he's a, a wild dog of a seven and uh yeah he's he just you can see why he gets why he gets injured because of the way he, he throws himself he throws himself about but he, he does he does some extra special things when he when he does get that that chance 
yeah, I mean, it's high st- when you got him uh, facing up against Justin Tipperick in a game. That's you know that's high standard. Um, and you know, uh, uh, Ospreys were fully loaded with a lot of the top boys like Tipperick and Alan Wynn and uh, Adam Beard wasn't there though. But um, no, he wasn't. And they've, they've, like, I think, like we said last year, they got more meat arriving in the second row as well, haven't they? Uh, yeah, Brad, Bradley Davis played and, and started the game, but. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, we should we should talk about the Ospreys because there's some there's some good stuff in there as well. I thought Ruben Morgan Williams had a good game at nine. Uh, you know, Dan Evans, despite getting bumped by by Jonah Holmes for his for his try, had a had another uh, another good game. Um, but yeah, there's I don't know. There was a lot in that game. A lot of players that you can look at and say these are guys. Uh, Owen Watkin again. I thought he particularly defensively made some crucial. Uh, again, just uh, you just. I don't know what he does, you know, when he dislodges the ball or he just gets his, his arm in an awkward position that, that seems to make an attack a cough ball up. That is really, really valuable stuff. And I'm sure... He's got we'll... that rip, isn't he, Jess? He has got that rip, exactly, yeah. Which is which is as good as a turnover, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. We had a guy He's... when I was a kid at our club who, who was, used to do that a lot. We used to call him the claw. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I imagine... He does it so often. He's probably got a nickname relating to the amount of turnovers he makes. Yeah, it'd yeah, be nice. A proper think, weapon. It'd be nice to think there was a good nickname and he wasn't just like Watto or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so again, another you know, another frustrating one for the Dragons. Ospreys get the uh, get the rest. Here's one for you though, boys. Do you know who the only hundred percent record in the in the northern division of the Rainbow Cup is? Is it Munster? It's not Munster, Dan. No, I don't. I'm not going to guess. Benetton. What? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because isn't there talk of the three. game being played in Italy, the final being played in Italy, even if whoever gets it? I hadn't, I hadn't heard that, actually. But, yeah, yeah Benetton, the only undefeated side. Uh, oh, yeah, the only, the only one who won all That's their great. Fixtures. Is that because they've been playing Zebra every week? They beat one of the Scottish sides as well, I think, Glasgow, maybe. And then two against Zebra, but... Again, they've only got two fixtures, though, haven't they? So if they pull something out of the bag, who knows? <laughs> I mean, that would be that'd be hilarious if if uh, if Benetton was yeah. getting, think, getting battered by the Stormers in the final. <laughs> <laughs> there's not going to be a there's not going to be an intercontinental final, though, is there? Surely that's not going to happen. Uh, I, th- I thought that was the idea: North versus South in the final. Oh, I, d- I don't know. I, to be honest, again, this shows, I mean, A, it shows what I know, but also it shows the lack of interest in it. That I, To be honest, I thought this was just going to culminate in nothing, that you just have two winners, you'd have, but maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Um, but anyway, yeah, if, if Benetton were to get to a final of any sorts, having, I think, like gone through the, the regular Pro 14 season without winning a game. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, this yeah, this Pro 14 season that goes on forever. Can't wait for the next one to start. Um, right, let's turn our attentions to Wales, though. Like we said, it's been actually quite a good opportunity to run the rule over some players ahead of a, I guess you call it a development tour, even though it's taking place over here. The fixtures have been confirmed. So Canada will be the first visitors, followed by two tests against Argentina. How do you play this one, Dan? Lots of lots of experimentation. Are you calling up your experienced players to to come in? What's what's your game plan if you're selecting for this for these fixtures? I think you've got to have a bit of both, haven't you? You've got as you sorry, you've got to have a, a, a bit of experience in there alongside you know, alongside a lot of um a lot of youth and um 
well, not necessarily youth, but like, you know, uncapped players or players with a couple of caps. Because otherwise it just turns into a bit of a, it just doesn't quite, you don't quite get the um, the balance right. So it's got to, yeah, it's got to have a couple, a couple of old heads in there that um, they can keep everything steady. Well, um, aside from anything else, Dan, I mean, Argentina are a serious opposition. So you can't, you, I don't think you can show yeah. against them, they get spanked. So, I mean, assuming Argentina come with a strong squad, which I can't see why they wouldn't. Well, exactly. No. There's, I mean, presumably because it's in a it's in a test window, isn't it? They'll have access to they'll have access to the players that that they want. I imagine they'd want to get a run out, having essentially lost the Jaguares. And so, you know, I don't know. It could be a yeah. I, I think it could well be a strong side that that comes over. I think you'd have to if you play in Argentina, and, and if they're anywhere, near, if Argentina are anywhere near full strength, you can't you can't throw the kids in, and it'd be lambs of the slaughter a little bit. So um, it'd be interesting to see when, when that squad's selected. Yeah, I mean, so I guess that means that you've got the likes of, I don't know, your, your Nicky Smiths and uh, and players like that who've got plenty of test experience, have been to World Cups. and Corey Hills. Corey Hills, yeah. You know, I imagine it'd be, you'd have Corey Hill captain that side. Probably a bit like the, the tour in 2018. Do you remember that, where we went over there and played them in two tests? So we're going fully. Yeah, that's that's all the all the top boys then, really. Well, what do you think? I, I think you know if you if you're facing Argentina in a test without your Lions, then yeah, you've got to you've got to you've got to look at uh, Wayne Wright, Moriarty, Halfpenny. Um, yeah, all, all the all the caps on on show. If fit, Josh Navidi, depending when the dates are, people like that. So. But also sprinkled in with obviously, you know, you're going to be down to um, like fourth choice wingers and different things in certain positions. Just well, luckily, Jonah, luckily Jonah Holmes is around, so that uh, that, that takes care yeah. of takes care of one berth. Yeah, well, I mean, he should be in the, based on current form. He should be in the Welsh squad now, anyway. Yeah, I think if there was a if there was an autumn internationals or yeah, a, you know, if there was a normal summer tour outside Alliance, he'd definitely be going on it. Yeah, um, yeah, it just. It's going to be it's going to be a tricky one to get right. I think that because again, Davis is available now, and so you could you could put together a decent side. I just wonder with John Fox though, like if he's had I don't know, he'd probably want to play because there's an outside chance of getting a Lions call as we discussed earlier. Yeah, but again, you just feel like he's been through so much. He's been had to play through so much rugby, having had a really long layoff. Would he actually benefit from a bit of? A bit of rest, and you know, you. Thing is, Jed, he's playing in these games now, though, isn't he? In the in the uh, the Rainbow Cup, so you think he's 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 probably he's pushing it, isn't he? he? He's obviously he's got his eye on something, maybe. Yeah, maybe maybe it is. I, I imagine if you asked him, he'd probably say he would want to. He probably would want to play in them. I just don't know whether. I don't know. I don't know whether it's the right thing to do or not. Or this is the time to go. Do you know what? Owen Watkins, you've got to step up and be the senior, be a senior partner in the in the centres, and then you pick someone, uh, someone else alongside him to, you know, to kind of see what they're capable of. But yeah, it's going to be oh, it's well, really tricky. Got, to get right. There's a lot of options at centre, aren't there? I mean, oh, it was only a few years ago that we didn't have many many centre options, did we? And now, you know, now we've got a good few, you know, good few across uh, across all the regions. To be fair, yeah, there are. It's looking at it's looking a lot more, a lot more promising. I can't remember whether we actually have we spoken about Nyoin on the pod, or was that just me and you talking, Murph? No, we did. I, I mentioned him earlier, didn't I? Oh, good. Well, I'll wait. Yeah, I'll wait, did, I'll wait. Yeah. 
I won't tread over that ground again. But uh, <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he is a, yeah, yeah, he's a massive prospect that I, I think is going to be, you know, the fact that he's only 20 years old as well. There's a lot more. There's a lot more to come from him, I'd say. So, yeah, some some interesting stuff, and and to see what we do in the pack as well. Um, any other business, fellas? Anything else caught your eye this week that uh, that you uh, that, that you wanted to bring up, or are you uh, you happy for us to wrap up and uh, and go and have to enjoy the rest of our Sunday evenings? Well, we haven't had any technical issues, so that's a disappointment. We haven't yet. I tell yeah. you what, if you would like an update on that, what I didn't realise about this app is it only lets you record in 15-minute chunks. So I'm mm. going to have to try and sew together four 15-minute chunks and make sure it lines up with the audio that you boys have uh, uh, have come through. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad there's a backup option. Rather you than me. Rather you than me. Yeah, long I, evening ahead, Jess. Possibly. Nothing, nothing will ever be as long as that evening where I tried to recover the Jamie Roberts interview that, uh, that, that just the audio <laughs> corrupted on it. I've never had any problems from that uh, from that little handy recorder that we take out on the road with us, and uh, yeah, that was. Uh, Although that was we, a, a we did we did we did in the early days. Well, we didn't we record a full pod, but we didn't record. Did we? And we went. I, we went I, again. I definitely did one of those with Yestin, where I and again. I don't know what it was. The the uh, the software just failed on me, or I pressed something wrong. And I just rang him back and he went, yeah, cool, let's go again. <laughs> I'd love <laughs> to be another hour of his time. Yeah. I would have told you to get stuffed. Oh, you you wouldn't, mate. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's a big softy, really, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, correct. Right. Good, good stuff, fellas. Let's see if the uh, let's see if the the editing proves as difficult as I'm anticipating it will be. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what I don't get paid for. But nonetheless, thank you for listening. Thank you to Murph. Thank you to Dan. Thanks to Cheers, uh, boys. the people who sent questions in. As always, a thanks to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. If you want some great quality coffee, then you can do so by going to socoffeetrades.co.uk. We'll be back to chat rugby with you next week. Podcast Network.